What new ideas have you been exposed to as a result of understanding how to build and navigate your own personal learning network? And more importantly, what ideas have others gained as a result of your participation within these personal learning networks? Hello and welcome to the Lifelong Learning Podcast and today is a special episode because I'm joined by someone who I look up to, Greg Miller. Greg, welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Chris. Good to see you. I love backstories. Could you share a little bit about your backstory and what has led you to this beautiful school we're sitting at, St. Luke's Marsden Park? Yeah, look, I've been privileged to be appointed as Principal Leader of St. Luke's Catholic College. I've served as a, a Principal for seven years in the Riverina. Following on from that, I was then serving as a, as a, a secondary school consultant, uh, which again challenged me and took me out of my comfort zone in relation to um, the deepened understanding that all learning is contextual. Mm-hmm. So, um, But a part of my learning has been shaped by the Masters of Education course at CSU, and the um, I, I love the title of the course, which talks about knowledge networks and digital innovation. And when you talk about... St. Luke's being a next generation learning environment. What role does networks play in that? It's essential. Uh, From the point of view, look, St. Luke's sees itself as a global school. And if we're truly a global school, we don't actually just have to reach out to other parts of the world to know what they're doing, but we actually have to actively search about how experts lying idle are within our immediate community and more broadly across our nation and the world, can actually assist us in our understanding of um, how we can best utilise technology to support a lifestyle of contentment and fulfilment. And that's not easy. And we know that expertise can be right next to us, but we also know that it can be across the other side of the world. And we are quite well enabled with the great connections of social media platforms to connect with the expert, to to bring them into our classroom or to bring them into our professional learning network or be introducing, um, uh, you know, acting as third-party mediators to connect one person to another around a need or a want or an interest or a passion. There's a key word there, connect. Yep. And that's the purpose of a network. I guess a learning theory that underpins a lot of that is connectivism. Connectivism talks about, I guess, three levels of connection. So you've got the first level of biologically making neural connections. Mm. You've got the second level, which is connecting new experiences, new knowledge to your existing conceptual framework or, mm. or schema. And then it's got this third level, which really talks about utilizing the like physical infrastructure of a network to build, whether it be social um, whether it be a network of resources and being able to navigate these, you know, these digital tools um, in order to, as you mentioned, serve, serve yourself mm. to live a fulfilling life. Do elements of connectivism underpin what's happening here? Like, Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, probably the way that we act that out here at St. Luke's is that we are pushing forward with a capabilities-driven curriculum. So whilst marks and grades are a baseline necessary in relation to how we report based on our local jurisdiction. 
it's not at the forefront here at St Luke's. What at the forefront is are these six pillars of learning. And in particular, I suppose one reflection that I would have is that the first way of connecting or connectivism is to collaborate with those around you. So one of our six pillars of learning is to communicate and collaborate. Before you can really do that well with others, you're actually getting back to your different levels of connectivism. You need to be able to manage yourself and relate with others. Now, that that actually starts in preschool. Now, that understanding of how I can use my social and emotional intelligence to manage myself when I um, experience different emotions, how I relate with others when I'm experiencing those emotions or seeing emotions come from them. Because until we can learn to manage ourselves and relate with others, the rest of it's just a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. So we do see that over time, uh, the best way to connect and um, to be a part of community is to manage yourself learn to relate with others, and then start to come to a deeper understanding of how to communicate and collaborate. Um, the the more able students can experience different ways or their, their ways that they can demonstrate their learning through their, their natural strengths, the more they can be confident and competent to connect with others. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, and I know you know this as well, Chris, is that our future is not going to be built on individualism. It's going to be built on our ability as individuals to connect with each other, to work with each other, to solve problems. And in our Catholic context, it will be uh, around a connectivism about how do we solve a problem or confront a challenge where people can benefit and we reach out to the less fortunate and make their lives better. Mm-hmm. And one way of that is pulling together with others to create solutions to problems or responses to challenges. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... When we talk about a network, being able to develop that will expose you to broader ideas, broader experiences. And I'm going to start to link this uh, concept of network with professional learning. Sure. I mean, I know teachers here at St. Luke's, it's um, it's part of the culture of mm. connecting online, making a blog. You know, if, if a network relies on participation, you need to contribute to it. How do you support staff or, you know, because I, I, I think for myself, you know, when I first, I was looking at a tool like Twitter to really tap into knowledge online, kind of felt like I got to the disco and I didn't like the way my shirt was fitting, you know, <laughs> you know? and it. I kind of, kind of stood back and was more of what you'd call a lurker and try, trying to just watch and, and identify how people communicate online. How do you foster participation? Uh, look, from that very point of view, that relationships are two-way. So if... Um you know, I, I, I recall a conversation with a, a colleague in a previous setting. You know, she described herself as an elegant lurker. But I said, if everyone lurked and no one contributed, there's nothing to lurk around or about. So it, it does require, like any relationship, you know, um, give and take. And, and certainly I find the more that you give, the more that keeps coming back to you. Because uh, it's not about the connection you make immediately. It's about the long-term connection where... Uh, people come back to you in time or highlight you. Um, look, a few things that we've done here at St. Luke's, look, there is some expectation around that. You know, uh, teachers sign up to St. Luke's knowing that there's an expectation that the principal will be asking and requiring them to blog twice a term. Part of that is, and look, people have been scared stiff about that at times. Uh, we start off by just reflecting and it can just be a recount. Now, we ask year two, three, four students to write a recount regularly. I don't think there's any reason why we can't ask teachers to offer a recount about an experience that uh, around a learning activity. 
Austin Cleon um, talks, he's, he's written a book, you know, Share Your Work, and another book called Still Like an Artist. He doesn't believe in IP. No, we don't, you mm-hmm. know, all ideas are built on the shoulders of others. You know, we all stand on the on the shoulders of giants. Mm-hmm. So I agree, you know, like let's just share our work um, and build capacity of people through deepening their knowledge around an area of interest. That's the great thing about networks is that you can follow your passion, you can explore your interest, you can work with like-minded people. You know, one of the criticisms about, um, say, Twitter in particular and, and education circles is that we don't have na- we don't have enough naysayers on there challenging us. And, and I agree with that up to a point. However... You know, um, problems weren't solved and innovation wasn't achieved through naysayers. It was actually through like-minded people. Yes, we need critical friends and we need to test things and we need to make mistakes and fail, but we'll do that ourselves because we're not going to get things right the first time around. Um, I would say that those people who have stuck with, say, Twitter in particular, um, LinkedIn to a lesser extent, uh, even Facebook communities, uh, Pinterest communities, would say that over time that they've become a better educator because of it, because they've become they've become more informed and they can actually work with like-minded people to have more ideas thrown at them and sometimes objectively removed from their, their local setting. There's a lot more to gain than there is to lose. And I, I to be quite honest, I don't think we have a choice anymore. Mm-hmm. It's it's the way it's the way we need to move forward by connecting with others beyond our immediate boundaries it's an obligation as well to, to stay current in a climate where technology for example just um is it moore's law he, he mentions mm. you know the uh, <clears throat> the cpu is constantly mm. updating you know and it, and it will be become outdated because of how fast um technology is advancing what you mentioned there about um the networks and developing a network online versus a, a you know networking socially so there can be this yeah. view that social capital uh, translates to followers. When it comes to professional learning and b- building a network, you can have um, a concept of strong and weak ties. And I want to get your take on this. Mm-hmm. Rather than just building a network for, for the sake of it, but critically building um, a network of specific professionals. It's having that network and, and being friends with Steve Heppel online. I haven't spoken to him directly, for example. But being able, being exposed to his thoughts, yes, um, yes, is is a benefit to me. And our our connection will be called a weak tie. But I benefit from hearing his thoughts, mm. um, as opposed to. And that kind of t- you said, there's more to gain than there is yeah. to lose. Mm. So how do you encourage um, staff to build this network, but find not value in the number of followers, but value in the thoughts? Uh, good, really good, really good question. Um, First of all, you talk about social capital, I suppose, uh, professional capital, um, personal... That's a great concept, professional yeah, capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, I think, to do with the Hargrave sort of stuff. He talks about professional capital being um, the, the, the new way forward in, in developing um, professional learning and developing the capabilities of people. So building the professional capital of people. So, for example, for me to do that, Twitter's my professional network, Facebook's my social network. I do separate the two. Some do, some don't. Um, LinkedIn, I'm, I'm dipping my toe into. But what I used to say the previous setting I was, I said, uh, you need to give it five or ten minutes two or three times a week for the course of two or three months. Mm. And then tell me that 
it's not for you. Uh, what I found that those people who did that, the vast majority continued on. And they're people that I still connect with six and eight and 10 years later. So um, the other, I'm just talking a few practical things here. One of the other things I do is every now and then I'll review my the people that I follow. If they haven't tweeted, and I know there's apps out there that do this, but I prefer to do it my own. If they haven't tweeted for a good month or two, I delete them. I don't follow them anymore because mm-hmm. um, I. It, it's not about the numbers. It's about, I suppose, um, being precise around the content that flows through to me. Uh, have I banned people because of their tweets? No, I would say that basically almost all of those people that regularly engage in Twitter understand the unspoken of professionalism and I suppose etiquette or netiquette Mm -hmm. as we call it. A couple of times I've been involved in what I would call forthright conversations but I wouldn't say that they're over the top Mm -hmm. and you agree to disagree. I think that's a great comment on a professional network if at times you can agree to disagree. There's also the um, problem that you have around things that you can't pick up tone and sometimes you miss meaning and sometimes that needs clarification. But those minor every now and then concerns are far outweighed by the links to professional documentation. There is far more value and far more opportunity for you to be discerning about who you connect with. Uh, Alec Kuris talks about you've got your personal learning network, but you've got your personal learning environment. Yep. And it's both physical and digital. So you've got this face-to-face interaction. Mm. Um, a seed's been planted, yep. perhaps. Yep. There are so many tools available online to continue that learning. Absolutely. And it kind of comes, we're going full, we're coming right back to the start where the purpose of this school is to help build agency in students. Absolutely. Absolutely. That agency is important and mm. and, so, and that leads to confidence, self-efficacy. Um, so it's one, not just this traditional idea of I come to a professional learning to have knowledge transmitted to me. Mm. No, I come to begin constructing knowledge that I can pursue, self-direct that beyond um, this face-to-face event and have these tools available to me within that personal learning environment to mm. really continue to construct Knowledge, correct. <laughs> yeah, and and applying that knowledge to respond to challenges. Mm-hmm. I agree, Greg. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you know sharing your expertise, but appreciate what you're doing here at Marsden Park. So thank you for your time and keep up the good work. Thanks very much, mate.